स्पाइस रेडियो रेडियो रूम से हम सुन रहे हैं आप गपशप का प्रोग्राम है हमारी घड़ियों में बात दोपहर के दो बजकर पाँच मिनट हुआ चाहते हैं अब से लेकर तीन बजे तक आपका हमारा साथ रहेगा हमारे आज के इस कार्यक्रम में जिसका नाम बड़े प्यार से हमने गपशप रखा है क्योंकि इसमें वो सभी बातें जो आज आपकी नज़रों में अटकेंगी खटकेंगी और दिल में समाएंगी उन सबको लेकर हम हाजिर हैं ये बताते हुए कि बाहर मौसम ज़रा सर्द है और कल शायद हमारे ऑफिस के आसपास कुछ बर्फबारी ज़रूर हो क्योंकि हम बनबी में रहते हैं लेकिन ऑल इन ऑल इट्स नॉट गन बी अ बैड मौसम धूप चटक जाएगी उसके बाद फ्राइडे सैटरडे संडे मंडे ट्यूसडे तक इट्स गन बी क्लियर स्काइज एंड वेरी कोल्ड सो डॉक्टर साहब इज हेयर आफ्टर अ लॉन्ग टाइम हाउ यू डूइंग डॉक्टर साहब वेरी वेल थैंक यू Having said that, you've been in this country for over fifty years. Yeah. How long have you been here? Oh, close to sixty years now. Oh my 50, 57 God! Fifty-seven years. Yeah. No kidding. And I started my journey in Saskatchewan, which Even was colder. very colder, right? <laughs> But uh, I never get used to cold, and especially snow. Yes. Shoveling snow and uh, That's driving. That's a bit too much. Yeah. That is a bit too much. I hope there is no snow tomorrow. Uh, I they are saying that they won't be because it's El Nino, which means more rain than snow, so a little warmer weather. That scares me because summers are going to be very hot, I think. But uh, you know, uh, a part of life, I guess. How was your New Year's Eve? Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. We went and visited family in Toronto. Very nice. Thank God, the weather was good. Yes, there was no snow there, and. Uh, My son, son likes skating, and my grandson, who's three, he getting into skating. So we <laughs> went with them. I don't know how to skate, but uh, but I watched them, and it was a lot of fun. So, uh, Doctor Sab, do you have only one grandkid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're keeping the tradition going. You with only one child. <laughs> <him> with only <laughs> yeah, that well, you know. It is what it is. It is what it is. It yes. is what it is. So you've been keeping yourself busy with the other, um, uh, you know, activities like, uh, uh, you know, you are a, a very integral part of, you know, the CINI group that goes to India. I want to talk about that later on, but I understand, you know, you guys have been doing something about for women's health, a roundtable. Um, What yeah, did you so do, and what does it uh, what does it entail? Yeah, uh, as you know, ours is a very small group. But what we want to do is, whatever we do, we want to make a difference. So our focus has been trying to understand why things happen mm. and what are the real reasons the things don't happen. Mm. So in the context of chronic diseases like diabetes, we've been trying to um, reach out. and and find what are the barriers for people to change behavior mm-hmm. what are some of the things which um, work some don't work mm-hmm. so we've been doing series of round tables right in conjunction with a local group called institute of health system sustainability um, group uh, health institute of health system transformation and sustainability mm-hmm. it's a a think tank which supports uh, this kind of activity right so they've been our partner with canada india network society mm-hmm. and we have been working with them in organizing these round tables so we had during 2023 
we had a round table with youth trying to understand youth perspective then we had one with professionals who are doing research right. their perspective but the last one <clears throat> which was very well done and was very happy with it and I'm very glad that I'm having an opportunity to share with you and our listeners a little bit about it we reached out to group of uh, women mm-hmm. and wanted to hear from them directly mm-hmm. what their perspective is what are the barriers for change and mm. potentially some solutions and and what was the outcome this happened in october last year yeah so w- what was something that came out of it that you were very um, pleased about or you suspected that it would come out yes so we have to have a good experience so what we do is spend a lot of time before the conference and after, and after the conference yeah. and before the conference we really pose the questions we talk to the participants um when purpose really uh, is to hear live experience of south asian women to better understand the barriers challenges and opportunities mm. that lifestyle family dynamics and unique cultural attributes play in type 2 diabetes mm. we tried to um, gather quite a wide variety of people because uh, it's a very heterogeneous group so we have people of faith um, in sikh sikh faith um, hindu faith mm-hmm. christians and then we also were very lucky to get people from pakistan bangladesh oh very and nice nepal so mm. we wanted to broaden a little bit um, mm-hmm. but interestingly in spite of this uh, variance um, the outcomes and and um, was very similar mm. so Uh, we start out with good briefing good understanding good conversation with the participants and what the some of the outcomes may be so we wanted to learn from the lived experience of south asian women reflecting cultural diversity mm. within the population understanding the barriers and challenges that are faced in south asian population mm. in prevention and self management and on this one shishmaji i must say for having worked in this area now for good 8 10 years hmm. there is a real real challenge in engaging people hmm. in self care very different than some other groups hmm. we are finding really so we'll be spending some time next year trying to understand why that is hmm. why are we not able to engage people on a sustainable basis either in the prevention or health promotion but more important even in management mm. um, there is a certain culture right uh, which is uh, either uh, physician driven yeah. or drug driven yes or just just the way it is you know yeah. so we're trying to understand that so that was inherent in what we were doing then we all wanted to identify some opportunities and solutions if possible uh, so that outcome of this can be used by others mm-hmm. uh, who are in this space so we had um, we have a good network now of people who are helping managing diabetes better so they were part of it as well right. we'll be sharing um, the outcome 
with conversations like these, we'll be also sharing general. Yes. So all in all, um, we were very happy with it. How, how many people participated in this and how many women uh, took part in the roundtable? Yeah, yeah, we keep it very small Yes. Uh, because we want depth. Mm. And so there were about eight people, mm. t- ten people, mm. uh, who participated in different groups and um, different ages as well, quite a broad age group. And as I said, we had participants from Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, Pakistan, and India. Mm. Uh, session format, we've been using Zoom, mm. uh, which works very well for people. It's convenient. Yeah, uh, even if they're far away, you can you connect yeah, with them. and this way people stay home. That's right. And normally it's about a conversation takes about two and a half hours. So right. People make a major commitment. Of course. Two to three hours. And then we break into groups. Mm. And then um, people um, kind of share their ideas. Mm. As I said, we also have pre-meeting with them and then post-meeting. Uh, how did they find it? What their right. experience was? And pre-meeting, what we're trying to do. So I think um, it will be worth sharing First of all, what the barriers are or right. what, what people thought <clears throat> the barriers could be. Right. Dr. Sir, I, I wanted to take a very short commercial break and come back and ask you some more questions about, uh, about women's groups and ailments that women have and people don't give a rat's ass. You know, for that. Yeah, that's a totally different topic, and we could talk about that too. Yes, but let's take a short break, and then I'll come back and I'll ask you some more questions about the same. uh, I want to share with our listeners the barriers and then some of the solutions. Solutions, certainly. Uh, Dr. Arun Garg is our guest today, and if you have any questions, at 2.30 we will open our telephone lines and uh, we'll invite you to uh, ask questions from Dr. Garg if you have any. Otherwise, I'll try and uh, and get all the answers out of him myself today. Um, stay tuned with us, and we'll be back after this short commercial break. Spice Radio, Radio Ramjim Sundriyam, Gapshapka program hai. Dr. Arun Garg aaj humare saath hai. And uh, we are talking about um, October mein rakhi gay um, seminar, jis mein ki aurton ki health ke baare mein and, you know, and the round table took place. Now, you did this because you wanted to find out what were the barriers. Yeah. So, what was the result of it all and how did you uh, try to so resolve it? Before the conference, we did a literature search and we did um, uh, identify what the, what, the, what, the, what the people already who have done research identifying as broader barriers in South Asian health, mm-hmm. especially in diabetes. Right. So some of the key areas there were uh, access to care. Okay. The language barrier was identified mm. as a potential. Um, difficulties in attending appointments. Multiple family members attending appointments make it difficult for the doctors to communicate. So there was a whole slew of um, communication barriers which were identified in actually access to care. Right. Uh, diet was a huge factor. Was it? <laughs> not surprising. <laughs> I'm not surprised. So lack of South Asian tailored diabetic diet. Right. Difficulty in adapting to diet. Doctors and dietitians do not recognize the nutritional value of diversity of South Asian food. That's was right. identified as 
um, because food issues. is so personal yes. and um, social and family pressures to continue with traditional diet, difficulties to socialize without eating unhealthy food. Then we had uh, barriers around exercise, lack of gender-specific and culturally appropriate exercise facilities, fear of injury or worsening health with exercise. And you know, that's a real one. Mm. Uh, and even I sometimes f- suffer from that, this mm. fear of injury and then make it worse. So prevention is not to do it. No, <laughs> that exactly. Is, yeah. I know. So that was identified as a barrier. Um, bullying was identified as a barrier. Cultural norm um, uh, that women, especially in India, uh, but it's changing. Hmm. Remain indoor, attend domestic chores, and prioritize family, lack of motivation. Financial cost always there. Always. Uh, self-management, lack of understanding, diabetes, medications, and glucose monitoring, mm-hmm. those kind of things in self-management. Um, practice lack of funds, again, in cell health-promoting investments. Well, uh, for, for as, you, as you know, very little money is being spent on women's health. I mean, breast cancer is the only thing you hear about, you know, but nothing else. Yeah. And then social barriers, so stigma associated even with diabetes, mm-hmm. fear of being singled out at uh, social gatherings. Right. Uh, fear disclosure of diabetes might affect employment. Right. Attributes diabetes fatalistically to mere karm hai ya to. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. can't do much about it. Right. Supernatural. ke karam hai. Right, okay. Preference to alternate therapy and more familiar with South Asian therapies than prescribed treatment. So that, again, the barrier. So these were some of the barriers mm-hmm. we extracted out from existing knowledge. Okay. So then we uh, share this with our participants mm-hmm. before. Oh, I see. Uh, and out of this, because this is a huge list, right. we wanted to solidify some. So we identified 10 Top barriers. Okay. Uh, and then uh, we had discussions, um, uh, and those 10 barriers then were further reduced to six top barriers. So the tem- 10 barriers were difficulties in attending appointments. Right. Uh, it's a social part of it, too far away, limited transportation, long waiting times, not enough time with health professionals. That was right. always there. Um, that I don't have time to explain everything. And and the health professional also saying nowadays, since last year, that we can only answer one of your ailments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a huge, huge yeah. issue. Of so course. I think having identified it, we're going to make some recommendations. Lack of familiarity by doctors and dietitian of the nutritional diversity of South Asian food. Mm. That was identified very clearly as a high that mm-hmm. people don't understand our food. You know? Did you also, um, in that particular roundtable, did a question of what the older generation is going to do when their children are not going to be able to look after them and they're going to be sick and they have to be in homes, etc. What sort of care are they going to get? Yeah, well, I think uh, we need to make a concerted public effort 
that uh, some of that cultural food is available in the institutes. Yes. And there is conversations starting. So even yeah. in acute care hospitals, but certainly in long-term care hospitals, because uh, food has to be culturally tailored. You it know? has to be, yeah. yes. So whatever, and we have such a diverse culture. For sure. So we have to have that. All right. Uh, fear of injury or worsening health, as I said, mm. uh, with exercise. Uh, lack of funds for health promotion. Lack of time due to family and commitments. And pref some preference to alternate therapies like Ayurveda uh, and um, uh, some uh, folk medicines. You're right. Lack of supports from medical insurance and recognition. Mm -hmm. So out of these 10, then we narrow it to six, which then were a focus of our discussions. Mm -hmm. So difficulties in attending appointments was still the top, which I think uh, is the access issue of access and where people are and how they make appointments. Uh, hopefully, virtual care helps that, but uh, it has its own issues. Not enough time with health professionals kept coming. You know, mm. uh, you can only. Um, one question can be addressed. You know, I have a, 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 I have a dermatologist who is, I've been going to him for quite some time, and he only works three days a week, not five, sure. and he only works four hours a day. Yeah. So in total, he only works 12 hours in a week. That's yeah. it. Yeah, but... The, the the availability of physicians is becoming a challenge it that is. way, right? Yes. Then uh, fear of injury is um, uh, is always there a big and one. worsening. Yeah. Um, motivation plays a role and lack of motivation. Mm -hmm. And then preference uh, for alternate therapies. Uh, there was still some interest that some people have more preference for what they call natural remedies Remedy. rather. Did depression come into uh, the conversation at all? Uh, that not for this uh, no. barriers. No. Right. And then there was, uh, last but not the least, is the sub lack of support from medical insurance and pharma care. Um, and that's, um, um, that, those were the six then major barriers mm. identified. Mm. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. And then we discuss the solutions so we divided the group into breakouts two breakout yes and then asked them to talk about out of these six um three barriers you know right uh, and um what what was the uh, and in those uh, again what came out was very clearly that there was unanimity i was surprised mm. uh, uh, even though people came from such a different background, right. their observation and then their um, understanding of the problem, there was a lot of unanimity uh, around. So I think there is something one has to really pay attention to. Mm. Um, uh, fear of injury or worsening ex existing condition was a major thing. Evolved. Is it, do you, and, and and you being a doctor and also, um, you know, your degree in biochemistry, uh, as as a person gets older, 
Is there something lacking in older people where balance becomes an issue? Yeah, obviously, degenerative uh, loss of balance. Mm. Uh, thing is that's why people are uh, more scared. Yeah. Of, yeah. So that's where uh, help through one-to-one coaching um, should be considered as potential solution. But these are not available to ordinary people, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think uh, people are starting to talk about it. There is a phenomenon being talked about called social prescribing. Okay. And this is where people are saying rather than uh, putting all our eggs in uh, one basket uh, energy yeah. into pharmacotherapy, right. we should also create some of these uh, things, you know. Mm-hmm. So education and awareness that self-care is okay. And South Asian women could prioritize self-care and pay attention to their own health. Mm-hmm. Support groups for South Asian population uh, could be created. Um, which professionals can be available, mm-hmm. uh, set boundaries, uh, and then education, uh, uh, general education. So that was um, around exercise and lack of exercise and what are some of the things can be done. It has been quite a thorough sort of uh, roundtable conference that oh you guys yeah, had. Oh, yeah, I was very pleased. Right. Then another group talked about barriers not having enough time mm. with health professionals and South Asian preference for alternate therapies. And there was a the general view, mm. and I know... Uh, there are many different perspectives on it, mm. that primary care physician, there was a limited time available. Mm-hmm. So it was expressed that maybe primary care physicians provide a certain type of follow-up and right. care. And maybe we should look at other way of providing what's not being available. That's true. Right, like a group sessions right. or bringing people in social setting mm-hmm. and then um, answering them in a group basis. And there was uh, support for that, you know, mm. uh, that maybe... It's better than nothing. Yeah, and, yeah. and group might be better even because mm-hmm. then peer support becomes important. Yes. And uh, so... Um, Were you satisfied with this uh, uh, conference that took place? Yeah, yeah. I think the effort was worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And now the key will be what we do with this. So we're going to share with other partners. (coughs) And then, so in summary, then one could say the South Asian Women Roundtable discussion Mm. uh, definitely provided a forum for women living with type 2 diabetes. So they all were type 2 diabetic, Mm -hmm. to share their experience and provide individual and system-level suggestions aimed to improve care for South Asian women, as well as providing significant insight. Participants appeared to be very engaged. I was very pleased about that. They were very participatory and very engaged and discussion and enthusiastic in contributing their ideas and learning from others. Mm. That was uh, all in all uh, very yeah. successful. Then we could talk about a little bit about next step. Yeah. Uh, for this? Yeah. I see. I, I wanted to talk to you about uh, your uh, next visit to India, which is going to yeah. be for with Gapio, right? So, and, and I also have another topic, which I think you might find very interesting. 
and maybe you'll ponder about it and that is uh, you know we as human beings know what our body is made of right and then the doctors and physicians and biochemists like you know what is the composition of our body and in uh, Indian philosophy and way of life one learns that whatever you put into your body if you consider your body to be a temple whatever you are putting into your body it's what you're going to get out of it so a good way of leading your life gives you a much better um, life uh, you know up to your old age uh, but we rely so much on allopathy rather than homeopathy so those are some of the questions that I, I want sure. to ask you and I'll also open up the telephone lines if you want to call Dr. Garg and ask some questions we've got uh, that opportunity yeah, as well I'll be very interested if any listeners have a view on what they think are the barriers have yes. you heard that yes. if they want to share their barriers yeah. yes um, so 604-280-1200-604-299-8863 are our telephone numbers. Spice Radio, Radio Rimjim Sundriyam, Gapshapka program hai aur Dr. Arun Garg aaj humare saath hai aur hum baat kar rahi hai aapki round table ke baare mein. Now that uh, you wanted to just uh, uh, give a closing remark on that and then I wanted to ask you about your trip to India where you're going to be meeting with uh, the physicians uh, and the group called Gapio. Yeah, so I think my closing thing is that uh, we are doing all this work in trying to develop a real understanding of why barriers exist because of the culture and the diversity um, of our population hmm. in chronic diseases, especially in the community-based right. care. And we have... Um, uh, I've developed some database on youth and uh, interesting youth uh, said that what they want is a place where they could have a safe conversation about their health. Hmm. In other words, they feel that that doesn't exist. Hmm. So that was a very eye-opener to me. And so similarly now with women's health and now we'll be doing it with a perspective of doctors uh, what is their perspective on barriers? So all in all, this is a work in progress of trying to develop information which then can be used by various providers and various other groups. And we have done that homework in meeting with them ahead of time and we'll be sharing the outcomes with them. That'll be fantastic. You know, that'll sort of culminate your entire yeah. roundtable. Yeah. So your trip to India, are you looking forward to it, by the way? Yeah, very much so. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a long trip, but as you know, Canada Indian Network Society, yes. we tried to work some uh, project for South Asian population locally, Right. but we are also trying to keep our um, um, partners and collaborators in India on some projects. Wh uh, when did it first start, Dr. Saab? Um, in all earnest, uh, it started in 2013. Okay. So we've been 10 years now. Easily. Uh, and we have developed some partners. Uh, one of our very good partners is um, a global association of physicians of uh, Indian origin called GAPIO. That's right. This is a big organization which, um, you know, I didn't realize till I 
that there is a very large number of physicians practicing across the world hmm. who have heritage in India. That's right. Uh, as you know, the total diaspora is about 25 to 28 million. Of that, uh, as high as 1 million or 1.5 million could be uh, doctors. Wow. Huge numbers. Wow. In, and uh, so this GAPIO is trying uh, to bring all these doctors together mm. uh, and we have been their partner they came here at one of our meetings we have supported some of their meetings and uh, their annual meeting is held once a year mm -hmm. so we have presence there we participate in it so that's the meeting i'll be attending now interestingly this meeting happens to be in north normally they are in south mm -hmm. India, but this one is in north and in a town not too far where I was born, so Lucknow. Oh, wow. UP. Wow. Uh, you, Lucknow has a very huge uh, medical mm -hmm. presence and a very old and well-established medical school. Mm. And they are where this meeting is. So I haven't seen the program yet, but mm -hmm. uh, hoping that uh, there will be some opportunity to also share what, what we are doing. Uh, the executive council of GAPIO, of which I'm a member, so right. we'll be talking there as well. So I think uh, all in all, should be very good. They're really looking forward for it. That will be fantastic. And when you come back, we would like to talk to you more about that. Yeah, and you were saying you have some friends in GAPIO. Yes, that's right. Um, uh, a family friend. Um, I've known this person for over 30 years. We've been dealing with them and uh, a family that is in into uh, journalism, um, the Gupta family. So, you know, probably we'll, we'll share those numbers with you as well. So, Dr. Saab, I wanted to um, ask you um, a question about, you know, Ayurveda, really. Um, there was some people who have done injustice to Ayurvedic medicines and, and they've sort of brought these medicines outside of India and adulterated them and called them, you know, Ayurvedic medication, which it's not. The real Ayurvedic um, way of keeping your life healthy is balanced food, regular exercise and We've got such an amazing body that it heals ourselves, you know, itself. If we have a cut on our hand, within, you know, days it is properly looked after without you putting anything on it. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, why did the world go towards allopathy rather than, you know, natural medication? Yeah, very good question and, uh, and a serious question, you know, because... Yes. Um, obviously, issue like this has a multi, multi facets. You know, mm -hmm. there is no doubt in my mind, and it's my perspective, and yes. I'm only sharing with you my perspective, that the knowledge base, which exists in some of these uh, so-called traditional therapies, mm. is huge. Mm. Where we lost that, how we lost that, so it, it did not. Uh, play out or mm. plays it's important is uh, anybody's guess you know and there are many many different reasons mm. 
I personally have come to being a practitioner of allopathy, having studied allopathy as the only formal science I have studied. Yes. Um, I have not studied Ayurvedic sciences yes. uh, as a formal. I have mm. taken some courses. And uh, um, I think uh, going forward, we need to combine these things. Mm. So we need to learn from knowledge-based in all these and see how one could use them and fuse them. Mm-hmm. And some things work better than others for certain things. Yes. And I think uh, Ayurvedic uh, sciences are very effective mm. in health provo- promotion and illness prevention. Prevention more so than anything else. Yeah, they have such a huge emphasis. Right. And even though some of those have been prescribed and incorporated as rituals, that when you really look into it, are really signatures for prevention mm-hmm. and living a healthier life. Mm-hmm. And that life is based on very good understanding of the science that body consists of cells and body consists of many what we call physical body. Yes. But there is a deeper layer of body which affects and the role of mind and intellect plays a role. And you need to bring it all together mm-hmm. to get a better control yes. on yourself. Right. So I think that piece somewhere got lost. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, will be very helpful in empowering the individual. What I find is that that empowers the individual in taking better care. I have but a feeling that, you know, being a history buff of Indian history, that, you know, when the Nalanda University was being burnt down for three whole months with over nine million books in it, that uh, slowly and gradually from that point onwards, we lost our... our, Yeah, definitely. And I think there has been a concerted effort to wipe that knowledge out because of the colonial times and because of that understanding, you know. I think um, somewhere, whether books were burned or whether we lost it with time, mm. uh, the the knowledge also uh, was not shared well. You know? No, it uh, wasn't. It was kept very secretive. Very, uh, very. But now it's changing. So yeah. I think point uh, is yoga. Yeah. The yoga. Uh, uh, I think uh, people are starting to find uh, that it helps mm-hmm. in better living. And I think uh, many, many uh, studies are coming which shows uh, that uh, yoga uh, practice helps yes. in a certain prevention, especially right. degenerative diseases and really working on the mind side. You know? Right. Uh, but your question about why people prefer allopathy yeah. uh, is a... Uh, quite a deep one and I think the only thing I can think of is that we relate to physical element to the physical body part Mm, and mm. allopathy in recent hundred years or so has made a concerted effort in understanding the science of how those derangements take place. That's true. And I think um, because of the fair amount of research and fair amount of work has been done to isolate 
what used to be therapeutic uh, interventions based on whole plants. Mm. So if you look at Ayurvedic preparation, majority of them are whole plants. They are not extracted out, you know, right. and uh, and uh, there that brings certain amount of variance. Whereas allopathy went into what I call industrial reduction, right, and that uh, goes to the point where the effect is, and uh, that gives you immediate relief. Mm. And because the relief is immediate, um, people tend to like that, you know, and. Other thing is whether some of this surgical and other modalities existed mm. in the old, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but we lost those for whatever reason. And allopathy, through the scientific investigations, have really incorporated that. So the, all the diagnostic tools, all the biomarkers, all the imaging techniques, uh, they do tell you what's happening in the body. Yes. And that then does give you that um, a little more precise understanding of what the problem is. I think um, the allopathy of today um, cannot be ignored. Oh, yeah. Basically because, in my opinion, again, um, we have, uh, we've put in so much of uh, GMO stuff in our own bodies, which is modified to no end, that it does not even constitute what our body was, you know, meant to digest and so on and so forth. So I think it's what we put into our body and what is the result of that uh, and what comes out of it is all the ailments that we then have to fight with, with allopathy. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 uh, and also I think uh, you're talking about the food. Mm. Uh, the food sustainability is a very big oh, piece. Oh, huge, so, huge. And, uh, and I think uh, I don't think we could turn the clock back. You know, no. Uh, and uh, industrialization of food production, yes. so that there is a lot more food. You know, like Green Revolution. You know, the amount of grain. Uh, world is producing now yeah. was unheard of. No, and that does require industrialization. It does. So I would say, industrialization does have a price to pay, but uh, we have to accept that it's there. And the other thing about allopathy is that most of it is directed towards acute care mm. and relief from pain, pain in acute care. That's true. And that uh, does. Um, lend itself for people to accept it That's and, right. uh, because uh, you overcome that pain. Dr. Sahib, I'm going to take a short last uh, commercial break and then we'll come back and wrap up the show today. Okay. Thank you. Dr. Arun Garg has been my guest today. Don't go away. We'll be right Spice Radio, Radio Room Jim Sundriya. We have five minutes and Dr. Sahib asked me uh, what have you been reading lately that will, uh, you know, yeah, enthrall well, our listeners? Way, you know, one thing I wanted to also share with our listeners is what's out there which mm. could be of help yes. to them in their own. Mm. So I find there is a wellness letter yes. uh, with University of California, Berkeley School of Public Health. Yes. It's very well written. Mm -hmm. It comes one same month mm -hmm. and has some very good articles. So November issue of Wellness Letter 
had a good article which um, caught my eye a little bit. The uh, title was Having a Bad Air Day. Oh. And it talks about <laughs> air and the pollution in okay. the air. In the air, I see. Yeah, and that I think the big thing in air, beside chemicals and um, gases and other things, are the particulate matter. Mm. And it talks about the air is classified um, on the basis of particular matter mm. and the size of particular matter. And it's the size of the particles which then determines how good the air is. So we've got good air, I think. Normally speaking, generally yes. compared to other countries. Yes. But on some days, like when uh, when there was wildfire. Oh, yes, that uh, was we bad. We had a lot of particular matter. Yes. And the thing to watch is the particular matter greater than 2.5 microns. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, normally, like here, yes. it's about 10 micron. Okay, So it's uh, 2.5. Uh, yeah, one-fourth of that yes. are the small particles yeah. which get in, and then they do not get filtered through the nose ah. or hair in the nose right. because they're so small. Right. And then they cause a lot of problems. Okay. And they could get into your lungs and choke it. You know, you heard about silicosis. Yes. You heard about... Yeah, asbestos, mm. and you've heard about uh, carbon particles, and in India, with the burning of funeral um, uh, pyres and all that, and yeah, a lot of particular matter, which is good, and uh, these then cause uh, heart disease, stroke, lung disease, cancer, even, mm. even diabetes, mm. Parkinson's, and Alzheimer, and I think uh, good thing is that all your weather channels and everybody talks about uh, air quality yes. and describe air quality. The air quality advisories are done, um, mm. and obviously they, they have color coding. Mm -hmm. So green is uh, good, and maroon is the hazardous, oh. and red is unhealthy. Oh. So they have different colors, so if somebody was listening or looking at colors, right. So green is green is good, mm. yellow is moderate, orange is unhealthy, mm. red is unhealthy, um, and purple very unhealthy. Very unhealthy. I don't know how they chose <laughs> these colors. Purple very unhealthy. Purple is my most favorite color. Yeah, <laughs> but they give it a very unhealthy. And no. And then maroon is hazardous. Dr. Zab, as always, uh, you know, um, when you come to the program, we get uh, so much knowledge, and and uh, and I know that uh, next month you would be getting ready to go for your CINI. Yeah, we will see you in April. Yeah. We will then meet you in April. Yeah, I'm taking some time off. And yes. Then, yeah, and then we will see you Good. in April. Good. Thank you very much for coming out today and uh, and joining us in our program, and we look forward to seeing you in uh, April, apart from your conference over there, would you be doing any visiting, meeting the Prime Minister or no, anything no, like no, that? No, no, no. No, we are too small for that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Gapio meeting, yes. so meet those people. And then we have a partner in um, Leeds Management. Yes. yes. So that's our um, leadership group. Right. And we will be meeting with them. Right. And then see if we could open some more doors, you know. Yeah. Uh, right now, Canada, India are not the best. No. And it's <laughs> very hard. Even the average person 
really wondering uh, i get a lot of uh, mm. questions and why why is this you mm. know why not could we missing an opportunity i mm. really feel canada and india can be best of the friends mm-hmm. we have so much in common mm. but we're missing opportunity well um that's uh, gone into the hands of all the politicians and they know best as far as they are concerned um and i do feel that yes you are right we are missing out on a great friendship especially especially with the number of people we have here yes we should have people to people yeah 100% yeah With that very positive note, uh, we come to the end of our show. We all have to say that you 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 have to say that